Hello, welcome back to the third and final episode of Let's Clear the Air. If you happen to have missed episode two, here's a quick recap. President Trump has set forth his new proposal, the Safer Affordable Fuel Efficient Vehicle Program, also known as SAFE. This would replace the Obama-era standards and revoke California's 209 waiver from the EPA. We looked into whether or not his standards were truly safer better for the economy, and better for the environment than our current advanced clean car standards that we have in California. And we concluded that it wasn't. Xavier Becerra, California's attorney general, has filed a lawsuit against the Trump administration. And we touched on whether or not it would be likely that the Trump administration would be able to legally enforce his standards. On today's episode, I will update you on any new information and on the other candidates' plan to deal with climate change. All this up next. Stay tuned. There hasn't been a whole lot of progression when it comes to the California versus Chow lawsuit. California has said that the actions of the National Highway Traffic Association, the NHTA, is exceeding its authority and has failed to conduct the analysis required under the National Environmental Policy Act. In other recent news, General Motor, Fiat Chrysler, and Toyota have decided to back the Trump administration. They say it's because they want to avoid fragmenting the industry in search of a single national environmental standard. John Bozella, who is the spokesperson for the coalition and chief executive of the Association of Global Automakers, stated that the decision to intervene in the lawsuit is about how the standard should be applied and not what the standard should be. But their move will harden the position of Trump and the support that Ford, Honda, BMW, and Volkswagen has given to California will also harden their position. This will leave the final decision to be made by the federal courts, and this can potentially create years of uncertainty over emission and mileage standards, something of which the industry does not need, or the country, due to the progression of the climate crisis As we know, the 2020 elections are coming up, and the biggest reason to boot Trump out of office for many voters is due to his stance on the environment and his climate policy. It's no secret that Trump puts profit over sustainability. After all, the Trump administration has withdrawn from the Paris Climate Agreement. Thankfully, the withdrawal won't be complete until next year. But even worse is that it's possible that Trump doesn't even believe global warming exists. In an interview with Pierce Morgan, Trump said, I believe that there's change in weather. I think that changes go both ways. Whatever that means. And he followed with, don't forget, it used to be called global warming. Now it's actually called extreme weather. Because with extreme weather, you can't miss it. He then goes on about how in the 90s, we had the worst hurricanes and the worst tornadoes. His belief that climate change is a hoax has led to his decision to the creation of his bill SAFE, one that will undermine the change that the rest of the world is trying to create. 
nearly half of Californians, 47%, said that climate change was the important crisis for the next president to address. And 71% of Californians said that they are that they are very concerned about global warming making wildfires worse. Our only hope to be sure that California's goal for sustainability can progress is to elect someone who takes climate change seriously in the 2020 elections. We are going to take a look into the top three candidates, Biden, Warren, and Sanders, and how they intend to fight climate change. First up is Biden. Biden has released his 1.7 trillion clean air revolution, and it has five key goals. The first is to ensure that the U.S. achieves a 100% clean energy economy and reaches net zero emissions no later than 2050. The second is to make historic investment of $400 billion over the next 10 years in energy and climate research innovation as well as having a clean and resilient infrastructure and communities. Three, to recommit the United States to the Paris Agreement. Four, stand up to the abuse of power by polluters who disproportionately harm communities of color and low-income communities. And five, to fulfill our obligation to workers and communities who powered our industrial revolution and subsequent decades of economic growth. Biden has also signed the No Fossil Fuel Money Pledge and to not knowingly accept contributions from PACs, lobbyists, or sec-name executives of fossil fuel companies. These companies' primary business is the extraction of processing, distribution, and sale of oil, gas, or coal. Warren seems to have the most comprehensive plan, as she has not come out with one central climate change agenda. She has incorporated it into her proposals for public lands, the military, trade, U.S. manufacturing, and climate risk disclosure. She stated that on her first day as president, she will, one, sign an executive order to say no more drilling on both offshore and public lands. Two, she'd reinstate the methane pollution rule to limit existing oil and gas projects from releasing harmful gases that poison our air, and three, reinstitute the clean water rule to protect our lakes, rivers, streams, and the drinking water they provide. On May 15th, Warren introduced her Defense Climate Resilience and Readiness Act, a plan to have the military lead the fight against climate change. Some, but not all, points are, one, to have the Pentagon achieve net zero carbon emissions for all of its non-combat bases and infrastructure by 2030. Two, is to appoint a senior official within the Defense Department and each of the military services focused on climate change. Three, invest billions of dollars into a new 10-year research and development program at the Defense Department focused on microgrids and advanced energy storage. Another is to have the Pentagon produce an annual report evaluating the climate vulnerability of every U.S. military base at home and abroad. On June 4th, Warren outlined her green manufacturing plan, in which she pledges to invest $2 trillion over the next 10 years in green research, manufacturing, and exporting. On August 7th, Warren released her plan for a new farm economy, 
which describes her commitments to lead a full-out effort to decarbonize the agricultural sector by investing in our farmers and giving them the tools, research, and training that they need to transform the sector so that we can achieve the objective of the New Green Deal to reach net zero emissions by 2030. On October 9th, Warren released her Environmental Justice Plan, and it has six parts. That no community be left behind, workers' protections, prioritizing environmental justice, clean water and clean energy investments, protecting vulnerable groups during climate disasters, and holding polluters accountable. These are just a few of her plans. She has way more if you want to go check out her website. Up next is Sanders. He released his Green New Deal on August 22nd. The plan lays out to reduce domestic emissions by at least 71% by 2030, reduce emissions among less industrialized nations by 36% by 2030, the total equivalent of reducing our domestic emissions by 161%, with the goal of reaching complete decarbonization by at least 2050. The three-part plan is to, one, transform our energy system to 100% renewable energy and create 20 million jobs. Two, the end of greed of the fossil fuel industry and holding them accountable. Three, to rebuild our economy and ensure justice for frontline communities and a just transition for workers. To accomplish this, some of his plans are to 1. Invest over 2.5 in renewable energy, 2.5 million, energy storage, and grid modernization efforts. To create federal grant programs to provide low and moderate income families and small businesses with trillions of dollars for weatherization upgrades, building retrofits, and electrification. Three, to create 20 million good paying union jobs with strong benefits and safety standards in steel and auto manufacturing, construction, energy e efficiency, coding, and server farms, and renewable power plants. Four, to re-enter into the Paris Agreement and achieve binding and enfor enforceable multilateral goals to avoid the most catastrophic results of climate change. And five, to ban offshore drilling, fracking, and mountain mountaintop removal coal, mi coal mining. Sanders has also signed the No Fossil Fuel Money Pledge to not accepting any contributions from the PACs, the lobbyists, and the executives. Our future seems bleak when it comes to air quality if Trump resides as president. But fortunately, our top three candidates are invested in making climate policy a top priority. The lawsuit could take years to decide, or Trump could win and enforce his safe plan. If the climate crisis and air quality is an important issue for you, I urge you to register and vote, and take a couple friends with you to the voting booth. Voting is one of the best ways you can make a difference, and I promise you, your vote does count for something. As pessimistic as it may sound, I think this is our only way of ensuring California and the 13 other states that follow our regulations 
keep their efforts and work to keep emissions down. This is the only way to ensure that the U.S. work towards sustainability. Since Trump has been in office, his goal has been to repeal all Obama-era legislation and hold us back from progress. If you want a different future for the U.S., if the future you want is not what Trump is proposing, then you know what to do. Thank you for listening to the final episode of Let's Clear the Air. Hope you learned something new and happy holidays.